Hello. Welcome to Podcast from the Unknown. Unknown? <laughs> Unknown. It's, it's not as good with just one no, person. it's a little awkward. Probably won't do it again. Um, I think I said that last week. Yeah. We said, we're like, and we're going to stop doing that. It's annoying and then I, we keep doing it. We also like are so used to waiting for the other people to do it. That, that I instantly <laughs> stop and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, fill in the silence. Yeah. Um, it is, it's been an adjustment learning to do it just the two of us it has been um this is our third not like one. in a bad way but no. just a, an adjustment okay so we kind of seemed like we weren't really into the popsicle sticks that we picked last week but we did end up deciding to go with mm-hmm. the missing persons just because i feel like we've done <laughs> that was blake um that we've done like i don't know um We've kind of steered away from like that kind of like true crimey stuff for yes. a little minute. So we wanted to get, we kind of wanted to get back to, back to that stuff. Yeah. And who doesn't, it sounds really bad, but who doesn't like hearing about that kind of stuff? Like, I feel like it's, it sucks. Like obviously and like murder stories, like they fucking suck, but like, I don't know. There's something about them I think that's that, so intriguing. I think that, um, but I also think that there are just so many wild stories that it yeah. is kind of easy to talk about and it's an easy rabbit hole to go down. It is. I think it's, you know, you have these other um, topics that you can do like cryptids and stuff, but there are only so many cryptids. And but so many sightings. Yes. And <clears throat> there's only so much to say. Yes. And like so many theories that you can, yeah, I mean, you can have a lot of different theories, but with missing persons, it's kind of like, it's like a real life mystery that you're like, holy shit, like, and it's real. You know, the thing about cryptids and stuff like that is like, there are believers and non-believers and I mean, there is, I hate to put it out there, but there is a possibility that it's, that it's not real. It's not true. But these are true stories. Like these are real life people, everyday people like me and you. Yes. That this shit and their families are just like our families and this shit's affecting them. And I don't know, there there is a draw to it and an appeal to it. So like in the middle of the week, we were kind of still going back and forth. Like we didn't really know for sure what we wanted to do. And then I ended up just getting on my phone and like Jules said, kind of falling down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I found so many missing persons cases that I was like, this is wild. It was like, I was telling her about them and it was like everyone. I was like, and this one's fucking wild. <laughs> but I was saying it for all of them because they're all they're all all crazy i think uh we did also decide that we were going to save the dream topic for when um krista and logan are able to rejoin us yeah just because uh we kind of decided that that one might unfortunately be a one and done type deal and it might be Mm -hmm. a little bit better to have more people involved than more opinions more um, dreams yeah Yes, because that's like a topic that like I've wanted to do it. And I know we've talked about it like way back when we started the podcast that it's, I've always been like at some point I, I do want to do that, but I still just don't know how to go about it. I don't either, um, but I think with four of us, it would probably be easier to figure out than if it was just two of us. Definitely. It's, Especially so it because is, we tell each other our dreams anyway. Yeah. So we already know them. I feel like I had a wild one last night, but I, I can't remember. I told you mine was apocalyptic, but I can't remember. Yeah, I was in, and I told you, like, I was in one of those, like, sleeps last night where I don't think I ever fully got into, like, REM. Yeah. Like, I was, like, still, I just didn't sleep very well, but, um, but yeah, I have some crazy, I have some crazy ass dreams. Do you, um, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Did you have anything good that happened to you this week that you want to talk about before we go into anything, or? 
Um, hmm. how was your week? Was it a good? It was okay. Like the weather, my I have noticed coming out of winter that whether I've had a good day or not is very weather dependent. Yes. Like, yes. and it's been so warm and sunny this weekend that it's, it's been, it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just in that, like, uh, and all Ohioans know it's like, we're in that time of year where it's like, you need a jacket in the morning and then you're hot in the afternoon and then you need a jacket again at night. But it could and, still snow. But it could snow <laughs> at some point, but it, but it's going to rain and somehow be sunny all at the same time. So yeah, um, it hasn't been it hasn't been bad. The Snyder Cut came out, which for all all you comic book fans, that was really cool. That was very that cool. movie. It was so fucking good. And I know it's like kind of controversial, so I'm not gonna get super yeah, into it. Yeah, don't talk but about it a ton. It was really really no good. spoilers too. Yeah, absolutely not. I but... have my opinions, which I've stated to you. Yeah. About certain you, characters. You said that Wonder Woman was came out. And I mean, not that she, how could she not be like one of your favorites anyway? But that, yeah. that it made you love her even more. Like she you loved her so scenes. She is so badass in that movie. And I think that her scenes, her in the Flash scenes, oh, yeah. boy and Cyborg. Yeah, Flash and Cyborg for me were like they kind of stole the show. Yeah, for they me. they're all their scenes were very very good, but yeah. I found myself like really excited when Wonder Woman's scenes were yeah. happening, and I think it's just because they were so like filled with energy and like oh my god, they were yeah. just great. Like she, they were perfect. She had some really really good scenes, and I would say after watching Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four which was a little kind of bit of a hot mess of a movie, mm-hmm. um, which sucks because I wanted, I really wanted did to love it. Did we ever finish that? I don't think we even finished the last like 20 minutes because we were we like, eh, and then I don't think we ever finished it. But I think coming from that, from seeing, from watching Wonder Woman and then watching her in Batman versus Superman and then, and then watching her in Wonder Woman 1984, it felt so good to get back to like, Zack Snyder's version mm-hmm. of her and who he sees her as as a character because I think it's like really on point. See, I have never followed Wonder Woman. Like I've never really been interested in the movies and stuff and then like yeah. um when we watched 1984 I was like, "Oh, okay. Like this isn't what I thought it, it was going to be." Like that, it that was your first like impression of her because she is that movie is not i i don't know i not that that movie was bad it just wasn't good yeah so yeah it was really refreshing to get back to like who she was who diana is as a character and like i've seen like old wonder woman yeah with linda carter yes. yeah yeah but and i have she's really seen, awesome too what is uh this actress's name i'm gonna say it wrong yeah the Ga- current wonder woman gal gal yeah yeah um i haven't seen any of her stuff yeah. except for 1984 which again like ugh, that would suck to be your first interpretation yeah. of her but, but she i can say that she's very much so the character she is in the snyder cut of justice league as she is in like batman vs superman and the first wonder woman i have movie. not seen batman vs superman i have but I it has its, it, I it has asleep. its people that fucking hate it and people that love it and i enjoyed it yes it has its flaws like no movie is perfect no No, anything is fucking perfect and not everybody is gonna feel the same way about it i enjoyed it i didn't think it was terrible was it what i thought it was gonna be no but i didn't hate what it ended up being and i think that um i don't know um 
the Snyder cut was definitely it. I had expectations and it went above my expectations. I went in with no expectations because I didn't yeah. know what I was. Gonna, I didn't watch the Justice League that came out like good. The one that you fucking hated. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch that. Yeah. So I had no expectations, but I was that very movie, it like was broke my really heart. Good. That the the Joss Whedon justice league really broke my heart because i was like why did why like why did you do this i think the the big bad and oh my god i'm sorry the big bad in in this justice league was amazing dark side yes yeah i thought he was the coolest fucking thing yeah and the whole time like steppenwolf i just thought he looked like our bearded dragon spike yeah, so i couldn't take him serious because i was like he I just tried looks to like spike <laughs> i was like oh my god um but and then somebody made him into like a sad cat meme which no, now if great. i if i watch it again i'm just gonna think of him being like the meowther box or whatever. Oh, yeah. um but i don't know it was it was a really good movie and i enjoyed it and there was a scene at the end that was very very good that it's a four-hour movie but it's definitely you prepare yourselves. I thought it was an hour and a half and we were like two hours into it. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's four this hours. Is a four hour movie. <laughs> it's four hours, which how could it not be? Because there's so it much story to, to tell. It needs to be because when you have like all of these characters that have all of that have these backstories and you're introducing a lot of them for the first time. You need to to be like, this is who they are as people. Yeah. So not only do you have to introduce everybody to who they are as people, you also have to bring them together and have them form some sort of bond mm-hmm. before they go out as a team. Yeah. Because you can't just walk into a room and be like, we all have superpowers or, you know, in Bruce's case, we all have money. <laughs> and you're like, and we need to go and fight this and big, I'm gonna trust that bad. you have my back. Exactly. Yeah. You need to form a bond. It's just like any any team needs to have a bond. Um I I think is it possible to, to do that in like two hours, like a typical movie is? Absolutely. But when think... it comes to a story this large, this grand, I think that you definitely need more than just two hours to tell that story. Yeah, and I agree with that. I don't think that it would have been the same if it was any shorter. Well, and I think that was also like why the the first one, the Joss Whedon version, failed. It felt rushed. There was virtually no Flash or Cyborg in it. So that you sucks. didn't get to love them as characters because they gave you nothing really to like love. But, you know, the Snyder Cut shows you who they are as people mm-hmm. and it shows you um you know them all meeting and then in kind of like forming a bond before they go out and they fight this this evil and i don't know it just it, it was it was necessary i almost said a spoiler don't <laughs> I know, and that's really when bad. we're so, going yeah, to we go to ahead and get into on. like our topic yeah. okay so i you want to go ahead and go first again don't no, you, you can go first you're good if you want to, which I know when you're doing a podcast, there's like a level of nervousness and you're, you're like, <laughs> it's like almost like in school when you have a, you, you know, you have to present in front of the class and it's like, I kind of want to be last, but I also want to be first because I want to get it done and over yes, with so I can relax I the rest of the, so I get it. So if you want to go first, no, if you need good. to go first, I, you can. I feel calm right now. Okay. I'm good. It's just me and you. 
It's just us. It's just us. Okay, so I, I'll go ahead and get into it yeah. since we just droned on for who knows how long about <laughs> eleven minutes some, and fifty seven some, seconds. <laughs> something we claimed we were we weren't going to get into, and then we got into it. Um, okay, so I um, I had never heard of this disappearance before, um, or this case before I fell down my rabbit hole the other day. Um, but it, it's the disappearance of Tara Calico, which if I'm saying her last name wrong, I apologize. I assumed it was Calico, like Calico Cat. That's what I was going to ask you. Is yeah. it spelled like that? I think so. C-A-L-I-C-O. Calico. Yeah, it's Calico. Calico. Um, again, I, had, I hadn't heard of it, um, but it is still like being investigated. I mean, I've there's still stuff being done about it till this day. Um, Both people... I yeah. haven't heard of either one of them. Really? Yeah. Yours I had. It, it's really well known. And I feel like when people see it and they listen to the episode, they're going to be like, I remember hearing about this. Because this, it didn't happen that long ago. Yeah. And it was, I'll let you get into mm-hmm. that, into more of that. But um, mine was a while ago. It um, happened on September 20th, 1988. Um, so September 20th, 1988 in Bellin, New Mexico, 19-year-old Tara Calico decided to go out for her daily bike ride at approximately 9.30 in the morning. Normally, Tara would ride with her mother, but there had been an incident where her mother had felt that they were being followed by a motorist, and she no longer felt comfortable going along. She encouraged Tara to carry mace with her, but Tara told her no. The ride typically took two hours, and jokingly, Tara asked her mother, Patty, to come and get her around noon if she got a flat tire and had not returned. Tara had plans to play tennis with her boyfriend at 12.30 that day and wanted to make sure that she was back in time. The only thing that Tara took with her on her ride was a Sony Walkman, keep in mind it's the 80s, <laughs> her headphones, and a cassette tape of the band Boston, which I'm pretty sure Boston sings more than a feeling, right? Is that the... Do they? I think. Anyway. I, th- I don't know. I think. No, I think... I think- you might be right. I'm not, you know I'm not good with bands. But if you say think, that that's what it is, then that's what I it think is. That's, I think that's their song. But anyway. Um, so when Tara did not return, Patty went out to look for her. She drove Tara's usual route, um, but didn't find her. And then when she eventually returned home, Tara was not at home either. So Patty called the Valencia County Sheriff's Department and made a missing persons report. Later on that day, officers found pieces of Tara's Walkman along with the cassette tape scattered along the side of the road, but they didn't find Tara or her bike, which um, I see that I didn't include it, but one of the articles I read said that she was on like a hot pink neon bike. Okay. Like it was like a huffy bike. Um, So it was, I mean, it was the 80s, so I'm assuming it was pretty fucking bright and probably would have been hard to miss. Side note. Which just reminded me of this. Yeah. Growing up, I had a Huffy bike that also looked like it was straight out of the 80s. It mm-hmm. was blue. Like that, like, turquoise blue. Yeah, I know that Purple blue. and pink. Oh, yeah. It looked like the 80s. That's beautiful. It was great. I wonder um, what happened to that. Is that I the one know. that's in the garage? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Oh, okay. Um, but Huffy was, like, the shit back in the day. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, you were like, oh, I want... Or, and like, Mongoose, I think, was the other mm-hmm. brand of bike Remember that you wanted. Remember when pegs were a thing, too? Yeah, which... Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's a whole... It's a whole pegging, thing. Pegging I, is a whole other thing. That's had um, a different meaning in the fucking... Yeah. 90s. Yeah. 2000s. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was, like... Writing someone's pegs. Peg, peg my friend earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Oh, God. All right, keep going. Anyway, so um, some witnesses came forward 
and said that they had seen an older model white or light colored pickup truck with a camper shell attached to it driving in the area of New Mexico 47, which I'm assuming is the road that she would Mm -hmm. ride on. They said that they saw the truck was following Tara when she was on the return leg of her trip. So when she was on her way back, they noticed that the truck was following her. Witnesses even said that one of the passengers in the truck was the 18-year-old son of an influential local law enforcement officer. In a 2008 News Bulletin's article, Valencia Sheriff Rene Rivera said several witnesses had told him that the two young men in the truck had been following Tara, trying to talk to her and grabbing at her, and the truck hit the bicycle, knocking Tara to the ground, and from there the individuals took her. That's what the sheriff is imagining happened, I guess, from these witnesses. Why would no one go help her? Right. Like you're just want you're like, oh, hey, that truck's following this girl. I'm I'm not going to go help. Which I do feel like there is a sense of like, I don't want to get involved. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm not seeing what I'm what I think I'm seeing. I feel like for me, I'm like, I never want to assume. I never want to assume this person feels uncomfortable or there's foul play, you know? Because, like, for me, I'm always like, oh, my God, I'm being followed. Or, like, like yeah. the other day, we, you were like, oh, I've, I've been, like, following this car for, like, a while. They probably think I'm following them. And then they pulled into their driveway. Yeah. And you were like, <laughs> they're not afraid enough. <laughs> and it's like I always just assume that I'm the only one out there that's, like, terrified that somebody's going to follow me or murder me in a parking lot. And that if, if I feel like a car's been following me too long, I'm going past my house. You're yep. not going to know where I live. Yep. But I always feel like I'm paranoid because i'm so into this life See, and like, this is where logan would come in handy because logan would be like not afraid he's not afraid not enough afraid enough we always tell him that we're like you, you need to be more cautious he needs to watch more murder shows like yeah. these people need to watch more murder shows so you can actually understand like what the hell happened yeah. that you don't hear about all the time yeah there is some wild shit and a lot of the times what is really sad and like this like the case i'm talking about right now the girl simply went for a fucking bike ride they're just doing everyday activities think like she even made a joke and was like oh if i'm not back by you know and then she never came back Mm -hmm. and it's like you would not think that going out for a simple bike ride is going to be the last time you're ever seen again well it's like these people that go to the grocery store and and other people are like hunting them like Mm -hmm. literally watching them which i remember like i was either like a senior in high school or like i was like freshly out of high school i'm pretty sure i was pretty sure i was still in high school so i was maybe like 16 17 at most me my sister and my mom went to kroger Mm -hmm. and we lived i lived in a small super small ass town it's bigger now it's more built up now but back in 2008 2009 it wasn't yeah and you know our kroger was like this little rinky dink thing and we went and we were shopping for um stuff for thanksgiving dinner it was like i think i was on like i must have been on like thanksgiving break we went, we were buying stuff to make dinner and we went kind of late because, you know, my family is like me. They don't want to be around people. So mm-hmm. they wait until late because not a lot of people are going to be at the store. And we went and, and, you know, my sister and I broke off from my mom. We let her go and do her own thing because we really just get on her nerves. She's trying to like look at her list, you yeah. know, and she's like, quit putting shit in the cart like that. Cause I'm always like, Ooh, candy. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know me, I love sugar. So I'm like cereal and candy and I'm putting it all in the cart. <laughs> And so we went off, we like broke off and her and I were going down aisles and we felt like this guy was like following us as older man. So we went and we found our mom and 
we hurried up and we left and he literally followed us out to the parking lot. We got in our car. He got in his car. We pulled out. He pulled out and he followed us. And we ended up going this really long way out in the country, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best decision to do. Stay within town under the lights and, you know, whatever. And he followed us for a while. And, and that's the thing is like, don't go home. No. Like, don't fucking drive to your house. Don't you drive. Ooh, I'm so sorry. I hit the mic. <laughs> don't drive your usual route because you don't want, I mean, if he doesn't get you that night, you know, he, he could come to you, show up at your fucking house, mm-hmm. follow you to your damn house. People need to be more afraid and mm-hmm. more, not even like afraid. I don't feel like you should live in fear, but I do think that you should be more aware of the things that are happening around you. I yeah. am always especially now that we have done like so many murder podcasts and i've listened to so many in these tv shows that i watch i'm constantly looking at every single person around me i'm constantly like if there is a car riding my ass out like driving around i will look at at least three or four numbers of their license plate and try to remember it like i i mean i'm like constantly trying Vigilant, to like figure yeah. out if i'm gonna get murdered or not yeah but like, and we all share our locations like everybody in the podcast mm-hmm. like one of our day one things when we decided that we were all gonna like do this podcast and shit together and we had our podcast like group chat and shit we were like we all need to share our locations with each yep. other because the thing is is like a lot of these cases that you watch whether it's on tv or you read about it's like the person like no one either one no one knew where they were or two it's like nobody can piece together their last moments of like where they were or exactly it's like you know see no evil they they only know because of cctv footage Mm -hmm. and some cct cctv isn't everywhere no and but it is a lot of places like there are a lot of companies and and streets that have cctv And I always take note of when I drive up under yeah. one. <laughs> like in the morning on my way to work, when I go and I stop by Starbucks, I'm like, okay, Starbucks has CCTV, but so do all these other stores around here. Yeah. And they're probably like, which is good because then me. if something does happen, they can piece together kind of a timeline of like mm-hmm. when you got there and where you headed, what road you headed towards after, but it's not everywhere. So it's, no. a, and you're more likely to have your phone on you than you maybe are to be captured on something like CCTV. Yeah. So it's important to share your location with a significant other or your family mm-hmm. or your friends or people that you trust. Yeah. And that way, if I'm like, man, I haven't like heard or seen from this person, I can go and be like, Oh, they're just at home or mm-hmm. they're at work or whatever it may be because you never know. You yeah, never that's know. very true. Okay. So anyway, to yeah. get back into it, um, da, 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 where, I don't even know what I said last. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. But there, so there have been other reports too, besides the, the witnesses that saw the truck following her, Um, In November 2013, a police report was filed detailing a dying confession of a witness who had identified three men, including the officer's son, as being involved in Tara's disappearance. The bicycle was reportedly thrown in Bellin Junkyard, and Tara's body was thrown into a pond by the young men. So somebody on their deathbed in 2013 was like, I know this information. Um... There's also been reports that Tara had been raped, stabbed to death, buried, and covered with slabs of concrete. And in another story, Tara had been placed inside a freezer. So these are all things that people have come forward and been like, I know, but all of it, none of it went to anything. None of it ended up leading the police to anything. Um, Police have also dug up possible grave sites 
around Bellin and in Valencia County, but it didn't turn up anything. Um, on June 15th, 1989, this is where things get a little twisty. Um, things took a turn when a Polaroid picture of an unidentified young woman and a little boy uh, was found in the parking lot of a convenience store in Port St. John, Florida. In the picture, both victims were gagged with duct tape and bound with their arms behind their backs, which I'm going to make that picture probably our social media picture for the episode. So you guys, yeah. will, it's a chilling photograph. It's creepy. It's, it's really creepy. The color photograph was in good condition. Both victims were facing the camera and appeared to be in the back of a van and were in obvious distress. So it was obvious they were being held against their will. Yeah. Police consulted with Polaroid, the company, oh. um, who told investigators that the picture had to have been taken after May of 1989 because the type of film wasn't produced until after May of 1989. Okay. So that helped them to kind of piece a timeline of, you know, she went missing in um, September of 1988. This picture surfaced and had to have been taken at least after May of 1989. So, like possibly like a month before they found it maybe like yeah a month time frame yeah I because guess. they found it in june yeah so it was a fresh photograph okay potentially so um the woman who found the photograph described the vehicle um as a white toyota cargo van without windows that had been parked in a spot before she pulled in at the store where she found the picture investigators reported the woman remembered that the man driving was in his 30s and had a mustache Port St. John is a small community of only about 10,000 people, as of 1989 at least. So police set up roadblocks, hoping to capture this van and this man, but they they never found him. Which I'm like, how is that possible? Right. Um, so anyway, in 1989, the photograph made national news and was broadcasted on a show called A Current Affair. After it aired, friends who had seen the show called Patty and told her that they thought the girl in the picture resembled Tara. Relatives of nine-year-old Michael Henley also saw the episode and thought that the little boy in the photograph resembled Michael. The little boy had been missing since April of uh, 1988 from New Mexico. Interesting. Tara's and Michael's parents both met with detectives. Patty left the police department convinced that the young woman in the photo was Tara. She noted that a scar on the woman's leg was identical to an injury that Tara has had sustained in a car accident. And in addition, a paper a paperback book of VC Andrews's My Sweet Audrina was lying next to the woman. And that was Tara's favorite author. Okay. Um, which you can see the book in the picture. Yeah. Uh, Scotland Yard analyzed the photograph and concluded that the woman was Tara, but a second analysis by the Los Alamos or Los Alamos National Laboratory disagreed with Scotland Yard and said that it wasn't her, and the FBI's analysis of the photograph was inconclusive. I mean, you have her mom being yeah, like, this, this is, my, is daughter. my daughter. Like, yeah, clearly what held against her will. What do you have against, like, what would, what would. Apparently, I'm assuming what happened was they compared the facial features of the girl in the Polaroid to pictures of Tara and 
maybe not enough things matched up like her eyes or nose didn't match up enough for them to be like we can't we can't say it is we can't say it isn't but, but scotland yard was like no it, it is they were like patty is absolutely right that is her daughter yeah um but then the los alamos national laboratory said no but the thing of it is is that polaroid pictures are like they have that like vintagey look to them yeah i mean back so in the not, 80s they were like they were like the best fucking thing which i mean yeah. they still are great and you know i have dabbled in photography and i have a polaroid i have multiple polaroid cameras yeah. i've taken probably hundreds of polaroids and they're not all gonna be good shots this is a pretty clear fucking picture it is a very it's clear a picture clear picture and you can and and i was comparing them side by side i think it's her the thing of it is, too, is that, like, in the picture, she's also laying down, so you might not get the she's way She's got her something nose over her looks. mouth, over too. Her mouth. Like, there's a lot of different things that could contribute to them not being able to, like, correctly identify her. But yeah. at the same time, if, if I would expect that if my mom saw a picture of me, She'd regardless be like, That's my of baby. what it was, she would know that it was me. <laughs> yeah, she like, would. Like, you just know. Yeah. And I think it's weird that Tara's favorite author is V.C. Andrews. That happens to be the book that's lying next yes. to her, like, which maybe whoever took her gave it to her. So, you know, she would, I don't know, to appease her, to be like, maybe. you want to be, I don't know. If you keep quiet, I'll give you maybe. this book. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Who fucking knows, man? Um, anyway, so uh, da, 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 da. Michael Henley, though, had gone missing while turkey hunting with his father in 1988, about 70 miles from where Tara was abducted. Or, I'm sorry, 75 miles. Wait, did I say 70? You or said 75? I don't remember. I don't know. 75 miles from 75. where Tara okay. So, not very far. Um, his mother and father were convinced that the Polaroid was of Michael. However, that is now considered highly unlikely. His remains were eventually discovered in June of 1990 in the Zuni Mountains, about seven miles from where he vanished. People, so basically they think that he wandered away from his dad and got lost and stuck in the mountains okay. and that he died of like hypothermia or starvation or something but like that. But couldn't it also be likely that he was in the picture and the guy I'm just saying. killed him and dumped his body there? That's what I'm saying. But, uh, because they didn't find him until June of 1990. Why are we questioning this picture so much? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a fucking picture. I don't know. And like, it besides finding her Walkman in the cassette, it seems to me like it is the only t kind of evidence they have that right. it's, it's Tara. Do you think that the guy, the kidnapper, murderer, whatever, dropped that picture like as like I a think he ha, did ha it on, fuck you to yeah. the police? Oh, I think that he did it on purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll get more. I'll get more okay. into that. Um, because two more photographs have surfaced over the years. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first, the first of the, of the two more mm -hmm. was found near a construction site in Montecito, California, and a blurry photograph of a girl's face with tape covering her mouth and light blue striped fabric behind her, similar to the pillow in the original photograph, which right behind her is a pillow with stripes on it, um, was found. It was taken on Polaroid film that was not available until June 1989. The second shows a woman bound in gauze, her eyes covered with more gauze, and a large and large black framed glasses with an unidentified male on an Amtrak train. The film was not available until February 1990. Okay. That one. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait and okay. give you my opinion in a second. So Tara's mother believed the one with the striped fabric 
um, was, was Tara and thought that the other might have been a bad gag, which when you look at the pictures side by side, the one with the girl on the train, the Amtrak train, looks fake. It looks staged. Like, it looks like it's a joke. Okay. The one with the striped photo is very chilling. It looks Do you legit. have all the pictures? Yes. Okay, so you can show me. Yes. And the only thing about the girl in the photograph, the second photograph that she said, yeah, I think that one's Tara too, it's really dark. At least the one that I saw, the version I saw of it. Okay. And it, yes, it does look like Tara, but it's dark okay. is my only thing. So I can't, it's, I don't, I, my own personal opinion, I can't say that I think as concrete as I can with the first picture say that I think it's Tara. Okay. Because I feel like it's just, it's dark and like, you can't really tell. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway. So she believed, but, but Tara's mom did believe that that one was Tara. Okay. Um, she said they have a strike or I'm sorry, Tara's sister, Michelle stated that they have a striking resemblance. As for me though, I will not rule them out. Keep in mind, our family has had to identify many other photographs, but those were all ruled out. So these were the only two out of all the photographs that they saw that they were like, we believe that these are Tara. Like, so they're finding, they found other pictures. It's I just guess so. Two. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm assuming it's probably people being like, remember, and for some reason I thought, I don't know why. For some reason I thought of this. Remember on Pretty, Pretty Little Liars. Oh God. <laughs> when um, the first Jason, not like. Not the, like the J, the, the more Jason, permanent yeah. Jason, but the first one. Yes. When um somebody sends like Spencer that picture of Allie in her backyard and she goes to the the first Jason and she's like, look at this picture or whatever. And he's like, we've received like hundreds of these since she went missing. Yes. That's kind of what I'm assuming. People like conspiracy theorists and stuff and stuff, sending them stuff, you know, and all these people came forward and they were like, she was stabbed to death. She was put in concrete or whatever, you know, it's, it's like just speculation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and it's sometimes, I hate to say it, sometimes people just do that shit for attention. That's true. They were, they want a reward yeah. of some sort. They like insert themselves because yep. they're like, ooh, it, this is going to get me some kind of attention. Yep. So anyway, in 2009, Port uh, St. John Police Chief David Barnes received two envelopes postmarked June and August 9th, 2009 from Albuquerque, New Mexico. One letter contained a photograph printed on copy paper of a young boy. Someone had drawn a black band and black ink over the boy's mouth, seemingly depicting the gag from the 1989 photograph. The second letter contained the original image of the boy with no gag. On August 12th, the Star newspaper and in Port St. John received a third letter posted from Albuquerque with the same image of the boy with the black marker gag over his mouth. None of the letters had a return address or note that would indicate the child's identity. So now even more photographs came forward that might not have anything to do with Tara, but it might be from the same person committing all of these potential crimes. He seems to have a fascination of leaving this like, yeah. And and leaving like this, this trail of photographs. Yeah. I don't know. It seems um, very weird. Which I'm getting a little confused because on some of this I wrote Port Port St. Joe and some of it I wrote Port St. John. So Maybe you just got like too ahead of yourself. So I don't know. And I'm very, I apologize <laughs> for fucking it up. I had one job. That was me last job week. And I fucked it up. So anyway, 
authorities in Port St. John slash Joe believe the photograph of the young boy has something to do with Tara's abduction, but it all just remains a mystery. Tara's parents have both since passed away, but Tara's sister, Michelle, has picked up the search where her parents left off, teaming up with Melinda Esquibel, who had known Tara as a member of the Boleyn High School marching band. They started a new journey together with the common goal to find Tara. During Christmas 2008, Melinda went home to Boleyn and had dinner with old friends where she brought up Tara's disappearance. They said, oh, Melinda, the whole town knows who did it. What? Her friends were referring to the young boys who had been driving the truck and the son of the prominent law enforcement officer. Mm. At that moment, Melinda realized that she had to do something to find Tara. Melinda began working on a documentary about Tara's disappearance and launched a podcast called Vanished, the Tara Calico Investigation. And her and Michelle launched a website and a Facebook page titled Vanished, the Tara Calico Story, which has nearly 7,000 followers. Um, In 2019, the FBI announced a $20,000 reward for specific information about the location of Tara. So it is still very much that they are still looking for her. Do you think that it was those guys? I mean, I feel like it was the guys in the truck no no matter what. But do you think that the sheriff's son didn't get in trouble because he was a sheriff's son? Yes. And and I read an interesting thing about that. Apparently, in which, let me let me double check because I, I don't want to say anything that's not right, but I'm pretty sure in like 1990 or 1991, um, he, the son of the, mm-hmm. of the law enforcement officer, committed suicide. Mm. But the officer claimed that he was murdered. But then what? I read another thing that was kind of confusing, and it said that he was in a game of Russian roulette. I'm like, what, what the hell? Yeah, it seems very strange. Either way, he was going to die. Yeah, yeah. so oh, either Blake way, yeah, either way, like, I don't know. It, it seems very Did sketchy. Did the police question them? I never saw anything that said any, it had anything to do with, like, them being brought in or them having any idea of like who the other two people that were involved. They should have asked the sheriff's yeah. son. It was very much so just like the sheriff's son. And then he died like a year or two later. So then I'm like, okay, well, these other two people that were involved because that one person came forward and or that person that was on their like deathbed or whatever yeah. was like, there are three people, one of which is the police officer's son. And then, so I'm like, okay, well, if he died, whether it was by suicide or he was murdered, um, and that was in like 1990 or 1991, clearly the other two people that were involved need to be identified because they could still potentially have something to do with it. And they could be behind these photographs Yes, and they could have been behind all these other disappearances of these people that were in these photographs that surfaced and maybe they had something to do with the little boy michael yeah you know that like they kind of were like no he like died of like you know hypothermia or like whatever like i don't know if i buy that i don't know if i buy that either i just think it's very strange that tara went missing and then 70 miles 75 miles away which really is not that far it's not no because they could have like grabbed tara and then went and then found michael who could have easily wandered away from his father Mm -hmm. and maybe they snatched him up then and then they could have stayed in that area potentially and 
and then left or after they like I don't know something happened to Michael and they buried him in that area maybe they moved they moved on to Florida where they dropped that Polaroid and then you know I don't know like I don't know it just seems I don't know this one I I don't I don't have a concrete theory because there's so much and it's scattered over such a long period of time and all these different states and I just, and it's like, oh, it was like potentially these people, but then it's like, who's leaving these photographs behind? And is it really Tara in the pictures? Like, there's just so much that you just don't know. I wonder if we're ever going to know. I don't know. But the, I think it is really amazing that her sister and her friend from high school are still very much yes. so keeping Tara in people's minds and keeping them thinking about it and starting a podcast and a Facebook group. I think it's it's amazing because, you know, we have watched a couple shows of people that have been, you know, murdered or have gone missing and just everyday people like us have solved it. Yeah. Um, what do they call themselves? They're like, um, I don't know. Oh, a um, detective in training or something. no, uh, um, unofficial detective. Like an amateur detective amateur, or something. Amateur detective. That's what it is. But they have actually solved like... Yes. Uh, quite a few. And I think that they're they're making the right moves. And I really hope that some more stuff comes forward about Tara. I agree. You know, and I know it's been a long time. I mean, 1989 was like over 30 years ago. And I know that like these photographs aren't concrete evidence because there is no telling 100% for sure if it's Tara or not. Yeah. But I think that um, she's still deserves justice and it breaks my heart that her parents who relentlessly and tirelessly worked to find their daughter and to get justice for her left this earth with no answers as to what happened to her it breaks my heart yeah that's that is very sad yeah and and I just hope that at some point this gets solved yeah and, and you know like gives her remaining family some some peace finally and some justice because it's it's heartbreaking. It, that's very. It's, it I mean, very she the poor girl literally went out for just a bike ride and never came back. And I just feel like not enough is being done for her. And that's always what I feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for saying it because I know that detectives and law enforcement they do they do what they can. Yeah. And you know they're not. It's not like it is on like CSI and shit like that. So oh, they're not always gonna have the case wrapped up at the end of the day you know well, like it's not just like that's their full focus yeah, of the day yeah. they've probably got like that on top of and other have, cases that they have to work out it's not yeah. just one case and they have like there are certain things that they are only legally allowed to do you know what i mean yes. like so yeah but i always i always leave them feeling like why is there not more happening like yes. i always leave with a with a feeling of it's frustration because you want justice for yeah. these people and and they're mm-hmm. not getting it and yeah. that it sucks like it's horrible to not have justice for her yeah exactly so yeah that's my story all Tara, right tara calico well get ready to get pissed off about mine because okay. <laughs> okay um so mine is mad madeline mccann okay um she was born on may 12th 2003 madeline was just through madeline Madeline. Madeline? Madeline, yeah. Was just three years old when she went missing on May 3rd, 2007, from a hotel room in Portugal where the family was on vacation. The area that they were vacationing is called Algarve. 
Algarve. A L G A R V E. Algarve. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Um. So. Uh, Kate and Gary McCann took Madeline and her two twin siblings on vacation to a resort called Priya de Luz, also known as the Beach of Light in Portugal. The apartment they rented was on the ground floor. The ground floor. The little girl disappeared after her parents left her and her siblings in the room to sleep while they went to have dinner with friends around 8.30. Which let's I'm like, have, wait, Let's keep what? this in mind. <laughs> they left a three-year-old and two two-year-olds in a room by themselves to go to a dinner party. Yeah. Okay, keep that in, in your head while this. Yeah. Is, while I'm talking about this. And I remember, like, because I told you, you know, that I remember that when this story broke, like, mm-hmm. when it was, like, and I remember hearing about that, and I was, like, instantly suspicious. Yes. Because who the fuck does that? Exactly. Like... What grown-ass adults, even if you don't have kids, you should know that you should not leave a three-year-old and two two-year-olds no. alone in a in a hotel room. Not in a, even... And on vacation sport. Not, yeah. Not even at home. Like, not even in the comfort of their own home. You're leaving them in a strange place to go and have dinner. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the... So... Um... The restaurant was close to the, was so close to the hotel that her pa- her parents were able to check on them continuously. Her parents claimed every 20 to 30 minutes throughout the night. But around 10 p.m. when Kate and um, Gary went back for the night, they noticed that she was missing, that Madeline was missing. Um, there was no signs of forced entry into the hotel room at all. Um, and when talking to the police, their mother remembers telling that that morning madeline said and i quote why didn't you come when we her brother and her cried last night making her parents believe that somebody was in the room the night prior and her parents just slept through it they didn't know what's your first thought when you think okay no signs of forced entry that somebody was was in here last night what kind of person are you imagining because for me, I'm picturing a worker, somebody I'm that works at the too. place that would have had access to a key to get mm-hmm. in. And that would have been, if it was like some Joe Schmo, there would have been signs of forced entry and they probably wouldn't have been in there the night before. No. Like they probably would have been like one and done. I'm going to break in, take this girl and go. Yes. But to me, it seems like somebody that has access that they could easily come and go. Yes. Multiple a times. A creeper. A creep. A creep. Somebody that works there. Yeah. Yes. Um, It gets... It gets worse. So that's the scene, right? Um, she's already gone missing. Her parents left them at home or at this hotel by themselves. Um, mom is accounting for, okay, this mor- the morning that she disappeared, she said something really weird to me. Yeah. Whatever, you're fucking assholes because you left your two two-year-olds two and your three-year-old alone. Yeah. Um, the first suspect in this case was a 33-year-old man named Robert Murat. Murat? M-U-R-A-T? Murat? 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 I don't know. Um, He was a real estate consultant that lived close to the hotel. He was a suspect because around 9.15, the night she disappeared, a witness saw a man carrying a child and walking in the direction of his home. There was no evidence to prove that he was involved in this case, so he was taken off the suspect list. There is a picture on allthatsinteresting.com, which is the website I used. I'll link it in the thing. Um... That somebody drew of what they saw. It was what it was an impression of what the witness saw, and it is a man carrying a child, but the child's head is back, like like she's asleep like or she's, she's like passed out or yeah. something. 
Um, Which, oh my God, have you ever carried a passed out toddler? They're dead weight. They're like yes. noodles. Like, I feel like I'm carrying a noodle. That's what she looked like. She, yeah. she looked like dead weight in his yeah. arms. Like, he had her, like, it looked like there was one arm under her head, one under her legs. And she was, like, literally dead weight in his arms. Yeah. it's It was very eerie because I wasn't expecting to see it. And it kind of creeped me out. Yeah. Um, four months later, the police then start to question her parents. Okay. Four months later. Okay. okay. So now her parents are a suspect. Okay. Are s- both suspects. They are suspicious. They suspect. <laughs> um, <laughs> police believed that she actually died in the apartment and that the, the apartment is the hotel room. Mm-hmm. They call it the apartment. Yeah. Um, and that the child abduction was a cover-up story for her death. It was said that the mother became the true villain of the story for leaving her daughter to go to a dinner party. Why? Why? She, okay. Wait, wait. Why just the mom? Well, her... So... Um, apparently she didn't cry enough in public over this and she was oddly cool. Like her behavior, her demeanor was oddly calm in comparison to the dad. So she became like the public villain because it was, she wasn't acting how people thought she should be acting, which everybody grieves differently. Maybe she processes it behind closed doors. Everybody gets, I'm not going to get into it. Go ahead. Um, so police actually had two sniffer dogs or no, I'm sorry, three sniffer dogs come to the scene in July of 2007. These dogs were trained to detect human blood and the scent of dead bodies. The dogs had walked through numerous locations, but only alerted to inside the hotel room and inside the family rental car that the family had rented 24 days after their daughter was missing. Okay. Hmm. The theory behind these events was that Gary and Kate killed their daughter, hid her body, faked the abduction, and then weeks later placed her body in the rental car and hid her in an undetermined location. Her parents were both doctors, so the idea was that she was given medicine to sleep so that the two could go have an uninterrupted dinner with friends, but they accidentally gave her too much, and to avoid jail time, they covered it up. Police found her hair and fiber analysis in the apartment and in the rented car, and thus they became the suspects. Interesting. This is come. This is really reminding me of the Casey Anthony story. Yes. Which do you know much about the Casey Anthony I don't. story? Maybe we could do an episode on that. Let's and do it. There I, is so much to that one, but I feel like a lot of people already know because it was so huge and. Um, Oh my God. What is homegirl's name? Sorry. I was just snapping like this. Like I'm not like recording. I'm so sorry. Um, oh my God. I can't think of that really great. Nancy. 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 Oh, I think it's Nancy. Why can't all I think of is Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> not, Nan- <laughs> not Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> no. Um, Nancy. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But, like, it was, like, everywhere. I've heard of it. I just... And I know that there's um, documentaries on it. I just don't... I'm not super familiar with the case itself. Yeah, we will probably do an episode on it. it. And let's... We will actually probably maybe, like, do, like, a poll or something on um, Instagram to see if you guys... If that's something you'd want to hear. It's something I want to talk about. Yeah, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, but... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're okay. Um, so this concept of, um, the police finding, or the, the dogs finding these, like, the real heroes, the sniffer dogs, was taken to a U.S. court where a judge was evaluating the dog's performances and came to the conclusion that the dog's evidence could not be airtight because the dogs were incorrect 78 for one of them, 71% and 61% of the time. 
they were wrong th- that yes. percentage so one of time. dog was incorrect 78 percent of the time oh. one dog was incorrect 71 percent of the time and one dog was incorrect 61 percent of the oh. time poor baby i know at least they have jobs though they're I working know. dogs they're working our dogs. dog is a moocher he's passed out over here probably wondering where his dinner is because it's about an hour late yeah, he's a little moocher, though. Um, John Lowe, a UK forensic specialist, said that 15 out of 19 components of Madeline's DNA were found inside the car, though. Now the rental t- car, which was 24 days after. after she was missing. So almost a whole month after. Yes. Somehow this little girl's DNA yes. is ending up in this car that she yes. never should have touched, never should have been a part of Correct. because she was already missing at this point. Now... That theory also held doubt. Um, and I'm going to read this, but it is a direct quote from all that's interesting.com. Yeah. Um, Which all of our stuff is direct quotes, and we don't own any of this. None of these are our original words. Yes, we are just reading information that we found on the internet yes. to you guys. Which is why we yeah. source them. We don't, we don't own any of it or claim to own any of it. I just couldn't say this in my own words. Like yes. there was just no way. That's for me okay. To go so ahead. There's a couple of them that are, but I'll say it before I go ahead. Yeah. Um, so John Lowe said, and I quote, it is important to stress that 50% of Madeline's profile will be shared with each parent. It is not possible in a mixture of more than two people to determine or evaluate which specific DNA components pair with each other. Therefore, we cannot answer the question, is this match genuine or is it or is it a chance match? So they're claiming that maybe this DNA they're finding is from the parents. Yes. And that because they're her parents, their DNA would be so closely mm-hmm. matching that they would not be able to identify whether it came from the parents or came yes. from Madeline herself. Which is also why um, it's important to remember only 15 out of 19 Right. But to me, that is still more than half. Correct. So that is... I, I don't That's know. That's a red that flag seems, to me. That seems pretty, pretty cut and dry to me. This but. theory, um, well, I'll tell you about it at the end. I, I believe, I'll tell you at the end. Well, I'll get through all the theories and then we can talk about what we believe in. Okay. This is the most concrete to me, but there's also yeah. some really wild ones that could be. Yeah. Um, so Kate and Gary were removed from the suspect list in July of 2008. So a little over a year after she went missing because july it was july 2007 she went missing it was may 2007 oh i'm sorry may 2007 it was literally a few days before she was going to celebrate her fourth birthday wow yeah poor baby um there are many other theories including a potential burglar burglar burglary (laughs) burglary uh burglary uh robbery robbery (laughs) gone wrong after Madeline woke up and witnessed the crime. While this hasn't been fully ruled out, it's very unlikely that these robbers wouldn't have left any clues behind, especially if um, they were in a panic state. Right. Because she woke up and saw them. And also, um, there was nothing taken from the hotel. Wallets well, were still there, TVs, all the things that a it person seemed, would be quick to seems grab. seems like Madeline was the target. Yes. Um, another theory is that she was abducted by pedophiles. Um, apparently in the area that they were staring that uh, the area that they were staying in, um, it came out later that there was, I think it said that there was at least at the time she was there, um, 38 registered pedophiles, 38 uh, What in this tourist area. Oh, what the fuck? Yes. Um, this is another quote from all that's interesting. Um, a source says, that they have that there have been seven sexual assaults involving involving children of tourists in the Algarve area in the last four years. 
They all have the same pattern as Maddie's disappearance, which they called her Maddie. Yeah. Um, as her disappearance, that is a break-in at a holiday apartment and a child molested. It Five, almost seems to me like this place should be shut down. Yes. But go ahead. Five happened before Maddie's abduction, two afterwards, and one took place just a month before she vanished. Shut this place down. Right. At this point. People, sex offenders are having a fucking heyday. Yeah. Um, this theory was actually ruled out because investigators said that pedophiles would rarely break into a home to take a child. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I got, yeah, I guess. Um, another theory is that Madeline woke up, walked outside where she was hit by a car in the dead of night. The driver of the car panicked, disposed of its body, but this theory holds no water because her parents claim that she wasn't even capable of opening the heavy shutters to the window, so there was no way she could climb out of them to get outside. Well, and supposedly they were so close yes. that they would have heard her I get hit by a car. The other thing um, that was set out on, as well as how this holds no water, was that why would she walk toward a dark street with no streetlights? In comparison to where people and a noise restaurant where and her lights parents and, are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if her parents drugged her to get her to sleep and she woke up groggy, she, she might not know. Yeah. I mean, it could be a mixture of all of these things. It might not yeah. just be one solid theory. There could be a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, here. I know when I wake up not drugged. Yeah. Just, just like when I just wake up, just like in general, I'm like, where the fuck am I? I can barely find my way to the bathroom sometimes. Yeah. And like, also like I am like, I sleep like the dead. So maybe, you know, she wasn't drugged. And when she sleeps, she's like really fucking out of it. Mm-hmm. And when she woke up, like she just hadn't pulled herself completely out of her sleep state yet. And I don't know, got confused. I guess that that theory isn't isn't so out there it's not so out there but i think the police um they're trying to like they they're saying that it it wouldn't be and her parents are saying it would not be possible because there was no way she could get out of the room yeah and there's no way that she would walk toward a dark street rather than a fully lit and i don't imagine there to not be witnesses to something like that whether it be Mm -hmm. like noise wise somebody heard it I mean, you hit a human body, whether they're it's three gotta, or yeah. 30, it's going to make noise. Yeah. And it's a, you're in a busy tourist area. It's not like you're in a neighborhood where everybody's probably in bed by like 10 o'clock. Correct. You're in a tourist area where people are up and moving around at all hours of the night mm-hmm. and day. And I just can't imagine that no one would have witnessed that. Yeah. I agree. Like seen or heard, you know? Yeah. Um. So... The last theory focuses on child trafficking. People claim that they have seen girls matching her description and and that she has been spotted in a wide variety of places, including anywhere from Europe to Africa. Um, In 2008, police were investigating a claim that she was abducted on the behalf of a Belgium-based pedophile ring. That's so funny. Um, her parent or theorists believe that she was abducted, taken to a nearby hotel, put on a boat bound for Morocco, which is where she has been, quote unquote, seen, seen. the most. Gotcha. Um, her parents believed this theory so much that they actually flew out to Morocco to see if they could find her themselves. Wow. Um, according to MSN, though, um, there is a new suspect found 13 years later who is currently in prison. He lived in southern Portugal, which is where this was. It was southern Portugal. Okay. 
um, between 1995 and 2007 and was known for being a sex offender with a history of child abuse. He owned a caravan that resembled one that was seen very close to where she disappeared. Wow. Um, so he is in prison. Uh, police are trying to investigate a long call that took place to him um, that lasted about 30 minutes the, the night that she was uh, okay. the, taken, vanished, whatever. Yeah. Um, another suspect is being questioned. He's a 43-year-old man that had, which this one, I'm like, what? That he had made several calls in the surrounding areas days before she vanished. So he's just calling people. He's just calling they people. They were like, that is suspicious. That's us, yeah. Huh, okay. Um, I mean, that did one's he have little, any, like, prior history it, of, like... They didn't say much about him, I think, because it, that one is new. Like, that is, like, the gotcha. most recent. And okay. I don't know if they've released a lot of details about that. Right. Um, but her case is still unsolved. Yeah. All these years later. That's heartbreaking. And so she would be... She would be a teenager right now. So 2003, right? Is when you said she was born. She, or no, I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah, I'm no, fucking everything up. She was born in 2003, so she would be 18. Oh my God. I was in middle school in 2003. Oh God. <laughs> oh boy. Same. Anyway, that's terrible. Yes. Heartbreaking. Um, there is a Netflix documentary called The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. Okay. That you can watch as well. Um, which I think that we should watch. Okay. That's just terrible. I'm, And I feel like in cases like this, because I did the same thing with, with Casey Anthony, and I did the same thing with John Bonet, mm-hmm. I am always suspicious of oh i'm sorry not casey anthony kaylee anthony mm-hmm. the little girl i'm always suspicious of the parents always. that's that my so i know it's gonna sound really bad and there is a lot of different things that it could be it might like i said it might just not be one thing but for me the parents that theory holds the most water to me right you it would make sense her mom's a dog i mean granted you would hope that with her mom being a doctor, she would have given her the correct amount of sleeping medicine. Right. But maybe she fucked up. They both panicked. They were like, we're doctors. We cannot go to jail. Like, yeah. we, we cannot do this. And then they hid their daughter's body. I, I think it's very strange that dogs alerted to this area, yeah. regardless of whether or not they have a perfect track record or not. Like, right. they still alerted you to blood or a dead body and not just one dog, but three. Three dogs alerted. My thing is, is that, yeah, okay, so 70 whatever percent of the time, these these poor little working dogs, little babies, <laughs> aren't accurate. Okay, yeah. but there's still that 30% chance that maybe they are. Yes. And you can't discount that 30%. You can't just All focus on the 70%. Though. Right. And you can't just focus on the, well, 70% of the time they're wrong and disregard the, well, 30% of the time they're right. The thing is, is that you have the police in Portugal who are like, these dogs alerted, the parents are suspicious. I keep wanting suspicious. to say sus. Yeah. Because of fucking that stupid game. Among Us. Yes. <laughs> You have police in Portugal who are like, the parents need to be on the suspect list. Yeah. Then you have courts in the U.S. who are getting this case to try to help. And they're like, no, these dogs aren't valid. There's no reason for them to be on this list. But at the same time, it's like, 
Yeah, but there are like, just even the dogs aside, there are other red flags. Yes, like her DNA being in the back of this car. And I mean, I don't know. For me, the the overwhelming suspicious aspect is they left her alone. With and no no signs of forced entry. No signs of forced entry and nothing happened to the other two. Just Madeline. And you her mom is being calm in the public eye. Yeah, but that I don't I don't know about that. I mean maybe. Maybe that is a little suspicious. I don't really know, but it's suspicious to certain people. I don't know. I haven't seen for me, videos of her for so I don't me, know how she's acting. I just feel like with cases like that People assume, and especially because she's female, that she should be a fucking wreck. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like you said, maybe behind closed doors, she's an absolute mess. Maybe she's yeah. trying to keep it together for the public eye. And, and you know, maybe she's maybe she has hope. Yeah. Maybe she's not heartbroken because she has hope that her daughter well, is okay and is alive. And, and that I- they're going to find her. You can't just, I don't know. That, I always have been like, when people are like, well, and... The courtroom, she was stone-faced and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't really know how much I, as a person, want to focus on the emotions of these mm-hmm. people unless they're being outright, like, out-fucking-landish with I mean, shit, you know? Like, but people that would see her on TV and stuff genuinely thought, like, you know, she was not yeah. acting how someone who just lost their daughter Yeah, but like you acting. said, everybody grieves differently. Well, and... Like, I haven't seen the the videos, so I don't know. I can't tell you my opinions on it because I have not seen how she's acted. Yeah. And, and but, I but can only Apparently, it was enough for people to be like, she is being weird. Yeah. Like, she is not behaving like you would if your daughter was missing. Yes. So, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But me as a person, I try not to, like, focus more so on that, just more so on, like, evidence. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, like, we, like, I don't know. Like, something doesn't fucking add up. From the moment you hear that the parents left a three-year-old with two two-year-olds in a, ho- in a hotel room at night at night by themselves you immediately are like something is not right about that yes. and something is not right about these people to go parents. have dinner with friends yeah that is that is strange to me and i think it's strange it's it's and this is why i'm like i don't know if i believe it was somebody that fucking kidnapped them because like you said no forced entry and nothing happened to the other two no don't you think if it was like some sex trafficking stuff or like some pedophile type situation, they would have taken all the fucking kids. Well, and don't you also think that? Sorry for cussing. That was I just realized that like <laughs> I just inserted. I keep inserting cuss words, and I feel like it's not necessary. But I do that too, though. Yeah, That's and fine. I just became aware of it, so I apologize if anybody's offended by my cussing. Oh yeah, it's not necessary. Sorry. Also, yeah, try to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, probably not because I feel like it just slips. It's so natural to me now. Yeah, same. I've been cussing since the womb. We'll just apologize now. Yeah. And then Phyllis not said I, I came out like when she had me. With, like, she said I came out screaming like, fuck this shit. Yeah, with so, middle fingers in the air. Yeah. Like I was yeah. instantly like oh, just a little potty mouth Shut from up. the fuck womb. You. So we can't be surprised that as a, no. as a 29-year-old, that is now cussing. still who I am as a human. Yeah, no. I've gotten worse, for sure. But and I'm not saying it's since you met me, but I no, I like I was like a secret cusser. Like I never wanted my mom would like cuss, but like I wouldn't. I was always afraid to do it in front of her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your mom. And then you the let one slip to I test the waters. Slip. You you let one slip to test the waters, and then when they when they they're not instantly pissed at you, you're like, 
Yeah, fuck, fuck shit. You're like, asshole. Fuck this shit, bitch. <laughs> and then, then they get a little mad. Yeah. But. No, I said, I think I, I think my first word that I dropped in front of my mom was shit. Um, yeah, prob- are you probably. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what that was. I just it touched. It came out of the bowl. Ew. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think if you are, I'm not going to pretend to know how sex trafficking works or whatever. But don't you think if you show up with more kids... You take them all. You, you would take them all. And that's why I'm like, I find it so... I find that theory a little hard to believe. Yes. Just because you wouldn't just take one, in oh, my opinion. I remember what I was going to try to say. Yeah. Before like I before I interrupted yeah. about cussing and I apologize for interrupting yeah. you. No, that's that okay. Really, really I, I lost my train of thought. What I... Then you reminded me. If it was, let's say, a, you know pedophile or robber whoever it may be you're ruling out that madeline would leave the apartment yeah on her own yeah but if there was no forced entry the only other way that these people could get in is if they knocked and she let them and in but you're saying that she can't leave the apartment on her own right so that's not possible so so in saying well and and possibly debunking another theory they're making themselves look even more suspicious right. because then they're like well nobody broke in but, but Madeline can't, can't break out. So it's like somebody had to have had a but key also, to get in then. Let's talk about how shitty we are because we locked our kids in a hotel room that we yeah. know they can't get out of. Yeah. It's just all around they, in my mind, don't look good. No. So. I um, think it, yeah. I, I don't care what police say. This is the hill I will die on. I think it's her parents. Yeah. And I mean, you there know, is a reason why you still don't have any information about it, why it's still unsolved, why you have these, you are, police are grasping at straws. Okay, this guy is a suspect because he was making phone calls in the area. Okay? It's a tourist spot. We're all suspects at that point. Then. Right. For any crime that's happened in, in, in any of our areas, we're suspects. Yes. If it's, if, if. If the requirements to be a suspect for a crime a is, I just happened to be in that area and I called my friend, I'm super suspicious. Now, if I, you called someone like a hundred times, maybe. maybe. Unless he was just a psycho who was like, obsessed with a female. Call, call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many different things and, and I didn't find a lot of information on, I think it's because it's still so new, um, especially because... The first website I used didn't mention the two new suspects at all. And it was it, MSN yeah. that, that mentioned it. You gotta like... And that's the thing. I went to like multiple different websites. I, I, I always do that with my information yeah. because I'm like, meh, I don't know if this is all there is. Well, and all that's interesting could have been dated mm-hmm. later yeah. or early. Uh, yeah. Uh, later? No, you're, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you okay. gotta like, you gotta surf the web, girl. You, you gotta like bounce around because you never know if there's a piece of the puzzle you might miss. Yes. And, and if I wouldn't have, like, looked through more websites, I would have missed these two yeah. new suspects entirely. Yeah. And it's also interesting to go on to, like, Reddit and stuff mm-hmm. and to read people's theories because it, it really is, like... And that's what I love about doing the podcast, Just Me and You, but what I also love about having Chris and Logan here, too, is that sometimes they bring up shit that I didn't even think about. Same. Points that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't, I did not even well, think about that. In these cases, I so badly wish Krista would be here because this is, like, yeah. her, I mean, this is her career, like, she does police work, like, this yeah. is her life. This is her life, yeah. And I would love to hear her opinions on it. 
And but, you know what? When Chris and Logan come back, we we can we can bring it up. We'll we can discuss him. then. Yeah. That's probably going to be a longish episode yes. for you guys. Um, because they're going to be back and there's a lot to discuss. Which they should hopefully will be back soon because I. Yeah. And, okay. Um, so I got the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. Um, and I felt relatively okay, except for I did have my armpit got a little bit swollen. Mm -hmm. Um, and for about 24 hours, I had a fever of about a hundred and I had a headache, but that was it. I mean, I didn't feel like like really my arm was very sore. I felt like you said that like instantly. You were like, oh my God, my arm was so So sore instantly. Basically like when I got my shot, I made sure it was in the, in my left arm because I'm right, right handed. Yeah. Um, so I got it in my left arm and as I did not feel the needle go in, like I am terrified of needles. I didn't even feel it in my arm at all. I could feel him injecting the, like you uh, could feel the liquid going into your muscle, my arm. And as soon as I felt him inject it, my arm started to get sore and my fingers went numb. Um, but I asked the nurse multiple times if it was normal. And she said that that's a very normal thing to have happen, like directly after your shot. I would 100% recommend, um, no matter where you go, waiting the 15 to 30 minutes before you leave just to be on the safe side. And if you have any questions at all, just ask. Yeah. Um, don't, I mean, don't hesitate to ask. That's these people's jobs. Yes. To answer your questions. And if you're hesitant about anything or if something doesn't feel quite right, obviously, like, bring it up. Yeah. Be like, uh, is this supposed to be normal? And, I mean, I went in and I told the nurse that I was very nervous and she was very kind. Like, she yeah. sat with me when I got my shot. She was distracting. Yeah. Um, she she was very, very sweet. And she came and checked on me multiple times. That's and, good. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know... I wasn't afraid to ask the questions that I asked, but yeah. like, I promise you, like, it's not a, it, the first, at least the first one, like, yes, I had some side effects to it, but like nothing that wasn't, you weren't able to handle. I and would, it was like for a day. It was for a day. And I, I would definitely say like, if you can maybe, you know, request off the rest of the day that you get your vaccine and then maybe like a half day the next yeah, day. Yeah, like just go and chill. Like just go home and just chill. Just kind of relax. Like it, it does. Like, I mean, I felt like my arm had been punched repeatedly over and over and over again. And yeah. there was just no way like I would have been able to go to work feeling yeah. the, feeling as sore as I was. And, yeah, you know, a with a fever, flu- I, wasn't, a I wouldn't have been allowed to go yeah. anyway. Yeah, So so hopefully everybody will have their vaccines yes soon i think it just became public like they just said that by april march i'm so sorry may may or march march 20 are you talking about for everyone to be able to get theirs march 29th or 30th it's by the end of this month okay um everyone should it should be open to everyone 16 and older okay um they are kids are not allowed to get it but they are doing testing to see um on infants and kids now to see when they can get it but i don't i didn't get to tell you this um 
someone at my my boss at my job told me that the first woman who was fully vaccinated had a baby and the baby had um antibodies that's great yes and nothing was wrong with the baby that is great also it is a lie that you can't get pregnant or that your baby will have birth defects there is no proof of that i've asked that to like multiple doctors that is not true if you are trying to get pregnant not that amber and i are but just in general if you are trying to get pregnant you're still able to. It does not affect anything. Yeah. At least not that they've seen or that they have proof of. Like that baby was born and was fine with the right. mom being fully vaccinated. It has vaccinated. antibodies against yes. COVID, which is great. So go get your fucking vaccines. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And the second that I am, that everybody that needs to get one before me, frontline workers, the healthcare workers, the elderly, stuff like that. As soon as they get theirs and it's it's my turn, I'm going. Yes. First uh, appointment, whether it's fucking six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm going and getting it. And, just uh, yeah. Just make sure that you first of all get it in the arm that yeah. you don't. You're not prominent with. Yeah. Um, and that you just prepare yourself for your arm to be sore and to feel maybe a little a not little fluish. Great. Yeah. Yes. It's which is typical. I mean, if you've ever gotten a flu shot. That you you know you yes. know how you're gonna feel yeah. and it's not one you're not gonna feel 100 percent but your body is also working really really hard to build up these antibodies to protect you in the long run mm-hmm. and to keep you safe so it's definitely worth it and like I said as soon as the opportunity arises for me to get mine I'm getting mine um, and I'm sure that Logan probably feels the same yeah especially as you know a healthcare worker and stuff so yeah hopefully Krista and Logan will be back with us soon. Um, is there anything else you want to add about your missing persons case? Nope. I think I am all good with mine. Okay. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. Yes. Thank you for putting up with it just being just me and Jules for a while. Um, I know everybody's here for Logan. <laughs> Every, they anytime are. Anybody, they're like, Logan seems like such a little sweetheart. Logan is a sweetheart. And Logan seems like he's adorable and... He is. He's great. So uh, your fave will be back soon. I promise. Thank you for putting up with just me and Jules in the meantime. Thanks for all the new followers we've received on social media and the people that have reached out and the new listeners that we have. We, that's what keeps us doing this shit. Yes. Because if we had none of that, we'd be like, nobody gives a shit. But the fact that you guys do reach out and you tell us, oh my God, I, I, I loved this or, you know, whatever it's, so appreciated and it keeps us wanting to create more content for for you guys so thank you as always follow us on social media at unknown podcast on twitter podcast from the unknown on instagram uh rate review and subscribe on apple or apple apple podcast app and um (laughs) spotify and then i think we're on google play too you probably know these things um and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.